0: welcome to ball fans international today we've got a special guest we've got mito who's joining us from greece panatha fan couldn't join us um due to senior olympic beating south melbourne in the greek herald cup nah, he's... <laughs> that's why the olympic jersey come out Um but no panatha fan is getting a well deserved holiday so safe travels have fun wreck Representing my ghost in Vietnam, there, Panatha fan, and hope you enjoy the podcast. But we do have special guest Mito joining us from Greece, and we'll get to him um, about his experience later on. But welcome, boys. This is a big, big episode. There's a lot to discuss. Um, we have two derbies to uh, review preview a lot of um shenanigans within the club regarding player personnel um so let's kick things off so we'll start off with the cup game which was last week Olympiacos um 1-1 at Leo Foro. there is no aggregate uh in terms of there's no away goal rule so if the match finishes 2-2 it goes to Extra time, I believe, or straight penalties, but there is no um away goal rule in that sense. Uh, how do you guys find the match?
1: The first leg, yeah, first leg, tale of two halves, uh, wasn't it? A, a classic tale of two halves, slow out of the blocks. They were the better side in the first half without. I, this is the thing when we were the better side in the second half, which we'll get on to, we we threatened it and we had chances. When they were the better side in the first half, I don't feel that they had the chances we had. That, that little Kerata played well for him in the first half. I'm not even going to say his name because he scored as well. He pressed, he pressed. he, he It made us feel uneasy. It it forced us into areas and into into doing things we didn't want to do. You, you could really see it. Credit to Terim because his halftime subs in that game Nailed it! Uh, turning point. We came out a different side in the second half, and unlucky not to win it really in the end with forty. Yeah, you had that big
2: opportunity, mitsu Um. Yeah, I mean, it was a tale of two halves, but overall, it was a poor match. Yeah, and both from like a like a visual perspective, of like just being able to sit and watch <clears throat> to watch a game, but also even as a fan, it wasn't. There were, I don't know. it. There was little to kind of take out of it. it. There wasn't much there. I'll be honest. I wasn't
0: totally disheartened by the result. We got the tie, so there's no away goal rule, as we said. Um, I wasn't disheartened, disheartened by the result. I think I was disheartened by the first half players. So we sent out a team that you kind of would say they're our ball-playing players. So Ruben, Seren... Juricic and neither of them could hold the ball could pass the ball their passing was absolutely shocking um 52% possession we did hold in the first half but it was just wasteful possession there was just so many turnovers so many bad passing especially by your ball players very creative and um you know they scored from a, a cross or a corner um, which Bounced off Saren into the path of
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah into the path of the opposition player. Um, and he, it was just an easy finish for them, and it was just disappointing. But then the uh, the adjustments made by Teren straight away um made his subs, changed the formation. Um, we got the goal through forty through um corner. And that's it. Like we had that big opportunity right at the end. he he just slashed at the shot. He could have um could have just waited a second or a a second realistically and let that ball drop a bit more, but he just slashed at it early and just sky it, which was disappointing finish really because that was the that was the game right there at that point. But um Mm -hmm. think we finished the the game with sixty-two percent possession um And that's withdrawing what you would assume are our ball players. So, um, Terra made the right adjustments for that. And, um, it was just, while it's disappointing not to get the win, um, that first half was quite a few question marks. And, you know, you you point a few fingers at some of the players. I, I don't think some of these players are anywhere near it, um, near that level that they should be playing um I think Ruben for me is one player that is big time on the decline um he he can defend well and be that shield for the defenders and stop fast breaks like he gets his body there he's smart in terms of positioning but on the ball he's just and I think we've we've said this many many times he's just not that same player as he was we saw that that fade at the end of last season and this season it's just downward trending for him um even juricic uh,
1: yeah that that's a letdown isn't it
0: and i've been begging for him to start in that 10 sort of role um because i think he's he's more of a ball player than bernard what he offers um but even so like He gets he wins fouls there and there. He's aggressive, he'll go into tackles, but he's just his football IQ seems to have dropped as well. He's just not that same player that started firing at the start of the season. So, um, let's hope that injury that he's got isn't too serious and he comes back fresher and smarter.
1: We threw when it's guy, 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 Mitsu.
2: I was just gonna say, Juricic, I don't think it's gonna be like at least the injury. I don't know if he's gonna be back in the lineup uh, right away, but he seems to be just be a knock for this week. Yeah. Even, maybe even back on schedule.
1: Correct. That's it's not it's nothing serious. Same for Cedid. Not nothing serious. Even mm-hmm. Forti is just missing the the cup game, the second leg against uh, Gavro. uh He's out against yeah. Asteras, and he's touch and go. We'll wait and see for Balkatumba. I was going to say, you mentioned Serge with Ruben Perez and you with ball retention and passing range and all that. Funny how he was named in the matchday squad against Ike, didn't feature, yet we were better on the front foot and controlled the game more there, without him, at all. And he preferred a player out of, We'll get on to that game, but the fact that he prefers players now out of position over him says it all.
2: Yeah, we had Joao... Yeah, I think Joao... Joel- uh no, Joao. Arau is um evidently was the player that Jovanovic brought in to replace Pettis but given the injuries and everything we we've seen him at center back and I mean he's been playing well but you just have to wonder what we're missing out of the midfield not having him there
0: True Yeah yeah he's he's been that big um loss in that midfield but Due to our circumstances, we've got no choice. Where, but still, no show. Let's see if he gets called up for the um, game next couple of days. And you know, we've Magnuson out till March or onwards. Um, Palmer Brown missing in
1: action. Um, uh, that's been pushed back again. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Now they're saying uh, unlikely for for the next couple of months or the season, even. Jesus Christ! So, um,
0: yeah. So overall, the cup game first leg. I do not even want to discuss Palmer Brown now? Um, overall, the result wasn't too disappointing. We should have won the 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 first half. Yeah, Holambiar course were probably the better team without too many chances, but the second half they, they had no answers really for the adjustments um Terum made. They they came out to play for a draw to for them to go up. It was they were loving it. Um but they just didn't adjust to the Terram adjustments and he Yeah, you know, Te fantastic like that. And I'll talk about what what I um see with Terram's work, but um we got the goal and we probably should should have had another, and we got the revenge now in a couple of days. Um, we have obviously 40 out, Juricic out, Seren is Palacios, Palacios still out. Um, question mark on, but obviously, so we've got quite a few outs. Um, Olimbiacos has a few as well that look like in trouble, so they don't have retos, they don't have El, El- Arabi. Um, they said Podence is a big injury cloud, and two other players I can't remember are under injury clouds as well. So they're unsure if they're going to play. So, um, second leg, what are we feeling?
1: It's going to go down to the wire, I think. Uh, extra time wouldn't shock me. A draw draw in this game, one all, nil all, two all, whatever, and then extra time, couple of year.
2: Yeah, something like that. Tight affair, kg.
0: We saw a conservative Olympiacos in that first leg. Do you think they'll come out attacking a
1: bit more? I do. Which plays into our hands, and I think we're we're going to attack more. So it's going to be not damage limitation, but which defence out of the two can withstand the pressure.
0: And I'll Hmm. touch on the Ike um, game soon, but we saw, you know, an attacking team like Ike neutralized to somewhat. So if of course, do attack. Um, uh, I kind of see the same sort of thing where we're able to we'll be able to neutralize them. So, yeah. um, it just depends um what kind of form that our wingers and Sporta can be because Sporta will obviously get the nod. Um starting um he do- he has scored against Olympi course as well so um that's a that's a positive thing but um I'd say early goal will do us wonders I think an early goal will just unravel their plan um we haven't really gotten that early goal with Terum as of yet um but he he'll come out with a plan there- there's no way that um he wouldn't be already very much planning for this. He's he's going in for all competitions, cup and league. um, And I, I think he'll have... And he'll pull something out again. So... And we'll talk, like I said, about the A game. But, you know, we had Kotsilas as that DM. Um, so, who knows if he'll come out with another shock. um, With another shock. um. Probably- I,
2: was, I was going to say that, especially given that 40 is out and we've seen spot on um where i'm expecting to see either as a substitution or at the starting lineup and spot on coming in but someone else like be it like uh verbits or i uh, probably not bernard but verbits or yeah. or Mancini up top or something Verbitz can do he can do it
1: he he can play yeah. that that sort of that central role he can not not ideal but he he can do it for for a brief period
2: Right. I, I'm i expecting to see, like I said, either, either in the starting lineup or as a substitution because Sporad is not pulling out a 90 minute game. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It, it would, yeah. Good to see what kind of, um yeah, formation as well. So could see another change in formation <laughs> to accommodate that Sporad question mark as well. So could he go to his famed. Four five one, where the wingers become a bit more inverted. Um, might see something like that press them as well. So, wait and see. Um, predictions, penalties. Both of you said penalties,
2: uh,
1: ask to do it in extra time if there is an extra time. If there's no, yeah, if if there is, I I don't like penalties.
2: I think it will be extra time. I don't think they go straight to penalties.
0: I'm going to unwin. I'm going to unwin. That's I'm, the ideal. I'm I'm confident. I, I And I'm encouraged, and we'll talk now about the eight game, because I'm encouraged by the eight game. I think many of us, and the sentiment, especially on social media, was we're going to get flogged by Ake. I think that was a sentiment. I think the betting markets as well, if you look online, yeah, they had Ake favorite.
1: Odds
0: oh, on, um, yeah, just under odds on, essentially under the two dollars so dollar ninety. Um, but no, they they definitely um definitely did not play like that. And for those just catching up with all results, the game finished to all. Um, very controversial, very controversial. Um, and let's let's break it down. What happened in the game? Um. I'll just I'll just go and give the review and then we'll talk about it. So um I took the lead one nil, we equalised, then we scored again in the second half and they scored penalty in the ninety-fifth minute. Um boys, give us
2: give us your thoughts. Mito. I mean it was an intense game from the beginning. Um it kind of felt maybe to a lesser degree, but again, kind of Two halves, I feel like I found their footing a little better in the first half, which I think makes sense, given that it was, you know, their turf. Um, But, I mean, even then, we were able to keep them at a distance. Obviously, first half ended 1-1. And, I, I mean, we played well. I was proud of the match overall. It was disappointing to come away with only a draw.
1: Nick? Pretty much what, what Mitzel said. Pre-game, as you said as well, Sturge, I wasn't expecting much. I didn't think we'd get flogged, but at the same time, I didn't think we'd win or draw either. So, I, look, I wouldn't call it a 10 out of 10 performance. I wouldn't go that far. But an 8 out of 10, I'll, I'll definitely call it. There there are things to work on, especially on the defensive side of the game, and that's not a dig at Terim. Far, far from it. He is working with very limited resources, as we said, with the budget. Obviously, we'll get into the transfers and all that. But with the injuries as well, the the players available, you got, you've got Adal, who's clearly a number six. You've got to play him at centre-back. You, you try to plug one hole, fix one weakness, but you're, you're weakening a, a, another sort of thing there. It is what it is. What can we do? The warning signs were there before their first goal. However, after that, one-way traffic until the last 5 10 minutes we, we were on the front foot we controlled it we were the better side we 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 took our chances as well when we had them other than the the one if you guys remember in the second half 40 uh went in again there was a low cross that, that he missed other than that pr- pretty good a lot of people call like the best football inside in the league you couldn't tell and that's a decimated bonhan was away at a ground we haven't won at, albeit with no fans, with a coach who's only very, very new into his tenure at the club. So very encouraging signs there. Their first goal, watching the game live, I was pissed because it was just a simple ball in behind. Now that you know, more than 24 hours has passed, you, you dwell on it a bit and you, you expect it now because that, that's what Denim wants. They're just following out the coach's instructions there. I was living this this time last year. My, my Premier League side with Aston Villa, where a new coach wants a high line and we'll ship in goals like that as well. The players just have to have to learn. It's a learning exercise for now. Hopefully, it gets minimised with time there. And, and we'll see. I think signings will help that. But We'll get on to transfers with the Brazilian centre-back that we're heavily linked with. Uh, attack, as you said, after the set center back sorted, I'd like to see just something to freshen us up in the final third. Not saying a striker, just something, not even a winger, a number eight, a number ten, something. I think that that's what this team needs to take it to that next level now. But the pressing was there, we 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 controlled it, and then we we got to talk about things we don't like talking about with the controversies. Yeah. We yeah. don't like talking about it, but we have to. It is what it is. Just happens. Yeah. yeah. It's it's, it's, a, yeah, it's a it's a zoo. Um
0: yeah. Look, um, I thought it was a tearing masterclass. Realistically, the tactics, I, I think he got he got it spot on what he did. So he brought in yeah. at us as a defensive mid. No one would have seen that coming. And a lot of question marks were all, all scratching our heads essentially when we saw that. Um he did well, not just off the ball. On the ball, if you saw, there was a couple of times he brought the ball up, he beat the player, yeah. brought the ball up, played simple passes, never overplayed his hand. I thought, and, and I've been saying, Cortinas has been a great servant so far, and he's coming off yeah. contract, track, so I really hope they do tie him down because he's more than worth that value. Um, The first goal came where... Yedvai tried to step up and put Levi Garcia offside. Even if he didn't step up, Levi Garcia was beating Yedvai. You, you, either way, Yedvai was a flat-footed in that, Um, just stepping up, trying to get him offside. But Levi Garcia was... its too fast for Yedvai. You can't really bolt Yedvai's pace because it is what it is. We know um, Levi Garcia's strengths and... He just blitzed. But, you know, that's the kind of game that we forced ike with, with Gotidas and Vilena in that midfield, pressing their midfield. We didn't allow their midfield to create. So the only way that they can get that goal or any really attack is to go long. And in that instance, it just came off of them. But Ike never really did anything. That midfield was neutralized. I, I say it, and Vilena is very criticized player, highly criticized player. But... He's there to press the midfield. He will shine, or you won't see him shine, in those bigger games, those better teams like your AAC Olympiacos, your Park, Where He presses that midfield. He's not going to get you know the accolades for doing his job because he's not doing anything special with the ball. He's not there to do anything special with the ball. He's there to press. He's there to be a nuisance in the midfield and really be disruptive. And he's doing that job very well, especially in the big games. In the small teams, he's seeing more ball. He just, you know, he moves the ball around directionally. Like you're not the the fans and you know, people watching the game don't enjoy that. But he's that's what he does. He moves the ball, and that attack starts from there. He, just those little short passes that he does. But um, I thought he played well. Our goal came from the corner where um, he had by... Was smart run, smart run. If you watch the replay of the goal, um, he left, uh, he left his attacker, um, really flat footed. uh, Zuba. It was Zuba that was marking him, and what what um, Yedvai's run was. They're just here, and Yedvai just drifts behind him. Z- uh, Zuba stationary, just jumps up, just jumping up for no reason. Yedvai easy header, bang. Um, the second goal came off the free kick that we won. Um, Ike did have the disallowed goal, but I think that was uh, right call, yeah, but it was the right call. But what happened yeah. was, um, uh, the, no, the disallowed goal happened at one on from memory, yeah, one all. So, what happened was they Garcia who appeared also two meters offside, which can't believe that they didn't even look at that initially. Um,
2: they didn't even show it on the replays.
0: Correct. The lines, nothing. It was disgraceful. But there was a foul on Bernard, which was a clear butcher, and I got away with so much. Um, Vida, six, six fouls or so, nothing. Um, Mancini, his first foul, fairly innocuous, and he got a yellow straight away. So just mind scratching officiating. Um. And then we should have had a clear penalty for a, uh, I think it was Pinetta on it was Pinetta on Burbitt, where Verbich right. beat him. The ball's passed him, and Pinetta just clips in, takes his feet out. There's no no penalty. VAR doesn't even call the ref over to review it. It's once again, what are these foreign referees brought in to do? They're meant to be better than the than the Greek refs. They're meant to be impartial, but time and time again. We've got one team really benefiting. The, last season, Ike benefited from MVP, Dabanovic, with us. Numerous handballs, um, penalties not given, um, gifted them the game. And Epold decides to reward Ike in the Greek Cup after drawing with artist, bring back their MVP. So it's a comedy show. Um, Olympiacos got hard done by Ike the previous week. Penalty. Um, also, the offs, the handball, um, Masuras that they called handball. <laughs> hit his shoulder, but he's got the outstretched arm. But they, the referee, blows the whistle before it even goes into the net, so it doesn't get VAR reviewed. It was just they're just benefiting so much from officiating. And once again, in our game, they benefit again. And this can't keep going on. No wonder Olympiacos is losing their shit because. They, you know, they've got a lot of matches, R- rightfully, wrongfully. They, you know, it's a lot of um boy that cries wolf. But in the Aiki game, they were clearly robbed, and yeah, sure. we were clearly robbed of a penalty. Um, we got the goal from a free kick where um, Bernard whips it in. Um, Cortidas uh, heads it into the path of Marau. Um, Arao cleanly finishes it, and then tense last, what, 15, 20 minutes where I couldn't even sit down watching the game. Yeah. And we tried locking up the game. I think it was the, the right decision by um by Terim. We sacrificed Bernard, who can hold the ball, to bring in Zekka. Zekka, it, it, to be fair, it was a penalty for Ake. Zekka did have an outstretched arm. Th- those are penalties, 100%. So you, you can't really... You can't really um, argue that call, but just, just the the other decisions in the game where Collins is constantly butchering, Vida's constantly butchering. They're just absolutely hacking our players and there's no warnings. There's, it's just, it's atrocious refereeing and it's it just fires me up because we could have won that game. We could have definitely won that game. And for me, it was a Terran masterclass he, he just didn't finish in a win. But if you ask me before the game, Panakor's draw, do you take it? I say yes.
1: All day long. All day long. But it's it's what you said. the the circumstances at the end. The the way the way he panned out and their late equalizer. And then how about it two all the the chance Arauko has to make it three two when Vayanidis comes from yeah. nowhere to deny a certain goal?
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. Imagine that goes in. Oh, that that would have just broken exactly. us. Exactly, exactly. That's that's almost you could say the time, and, and that came in the close well, might have been the hundredth minute, whatever it was. But where did they find seven minutes of added time from?
0: Yeah, uh, once again, <laughs> very quick. Seven minutes.
1: Yeah.
2: The, the thing with the penalty specifically in the referee. I mean, for one, we don't know what the game would have been like because the penalty was at one all. So. Assuming we scored it, we'd go, we would have just taken the lead 10 minutes earlier than we actually did. So who knows how the game would have played out afterwards. But the thing that was interesting to me was that we, you know, we're bringing these foreign refs that are supposed to be better or more experienced or what have you. And this specific case where we saw a clear penalty not getting reviewed at the very least, that's what bothered me, right? The fact that it didn't get reviewed. If he goes and sees it and he's like, whatever, he falls too easy okay you know it is what it is that's another conversation but to not go check it that was what bothered me and then come to find out that he was a he's a swedish ref where in the swedish league they don't have var so you know it's you know this is a whole bigger problem than anything that goes this goes up to apple but and Again. To, touch on that, yeah. though, to touch
0: on that though, he instantly called VAR for a there was instant VAR review with the handball, but yeah. Yeah. He didn't even bother calling for a VAR review on the foul. So just just look at it; just it's just astonishing.
1: It's just astonishing that you know. With, with proper refereeing, we're a good seven, eight, nine points ahead of I uh, Over the last fortnight alone. They, let's say hypothetically not be hypothetically we we, we we all agreed the the referees got him there that played a big part in that result against Olympiak was for him they lose that game and they lose against us what's the gap it's definitely not two
2: it's at two now so let's yeah. say they, they drop two points four we get two more that's six yeah <laughs> that's just our game alone let, let, let alone
1: the week before. Yeah, and
0: you know, and in this result, look, thankfully, we got the draw. But we, if you look at the fixtures, um, it's chaotic. The fixtures, Um yeah. because there's, th- there's a not- lot of yeah. in January. Um, I'll bring it up. So, while well, we've got the cup, let's ignore the cup. So, if you look at the fixtures, and Asteras you know, is hard, we've got Asteras Tripolis, yeah. um. At home, Bulk travels to Volos, and Bulk is considered on top of the league Um, at the moment. Equal points with us. They travel to Volos, so they're, they're probably expected to get a win there. Volos has improved, but I don't think they're going to do too much to uh, no. travel no. Bulk. Atromitos hosts Ike, which is a big match considering the resurgence of Atromitos. They're on fire at the moment two and, points off us and Olympiacos. Yeah and Aris host Olympiacos, who is also resurgent as well um since Manzios has returned um to the coaching lineup so that's this weekend so that's they're huge games and then you look at the following week where I host Orfi I should do the job Olympiacos host Yanina. you expect Olympia to um dispose of you expect what because to dispose of Janina and PAOK versus Panathinaikos we playing Domba um which doesn't get easy which does is not easy so um so that's why this month of January and these next two games are huge games um so have to wait and see um still no fans as well so it's probably a saving grace for dumba um considering their atmosphere their hostile atmosphere but it's a it's a big month it, it really is a big month and th- these are key games um there's playoffs as well but this obviously sets the tone as well um leading into that. We do have a fairly good run home. We only have, really, we've got Olympia and Aik. Aris. Aris. and Aris, sorry. Aris. Oh, yeah, February, March. That's right. So they're really only games while the others have to play each other. I think, no, I think yeah, Aik, Bulk, play. Um, Aik, Aris. Yeah, so we'll probably have it a little bit easier in that run home. So a lot to play for.
1: Um we're in the middle of that. Remember, we said it back then. January is like a mini playoff month. We're, we're living it now, like 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 we were back in April, May last year. Here we are again. For us down mm. under, the, the hours, the sleepless nights, the early morning wake ups, we're, we're living it again.
0: And this is, you know, where we're busy January. This is amongst the transfers. But before we speak about transfers. Um, Let's talk uh, Brignoli. Um, so, there's chaos involving Brignoli. But um, I think did release a statement yesterday or two days ago regarding Brignoli. Um, it's a bit of a shit show. So, essentially, Brignoli has been completely dropped from the squad. Is um, It's been um, rumored that he has signed with Ike. Um, Ike has denied it. There's nothing formal or official as of yet, but um, it's it's an interesting timeline and an interesting statement from what Panathneikos FC did release. Um, a lot of the fans aren't buying it. Um, I kind of see that there is a half-truth there, and that's, you know, there's going to be two, three sides to every story. There's going to be um, the Bale side, there's going to be the Brignoli side, and there's going to be that middle side. So, um essentially but of course uh we'll start with Bruno Bruno's contract is on roughly that 300k um he's asked for one million he believes we lowballed him with a seven hundred thousand dollar offer um that's the last we heard of those negotiations um but of course released a statement saying that they aimed to meet with him in October his agent didn't turn up November, same thing, December. course, increased the demand, but the agent said that they're looking elsewhere. Um uh, so Panath is saying the unprofessionalism there from um Brignoli and the agent. Um we we've seen a dip in form from Brignoli. Um he hasn't really had much of a social media presence either. Very quiet. Um in that December month, so hasn't really posted where he was, somewhat of a frequent poster on Instagram, um, his social media. So, I think that tells a lot. But there was an interview he gave to an Italian radio or newspaper, um, where he did say, um, it was I think sometime in October or November where he said he wants to stay in Greece. Um, he wants to stay in Athens. He so uh, that that kind of rings alarm bells from that point from that interview i don't think it was um rang a lot of alarm bells i don't think too many people will notice but if you look in hindsight it, it does appear that there's alarm bells that his agent is speaking to other clubs whether it was a columbia or, or so um and since then he's been completely dropped um terram in, an, in um the post-match interview. Very interesting because terum's not going to be a La Fouza puppet. Terram is going to stick to his own script. I don't think you can really control Terram what to say, how to act.
1: The, literally. He's 70. He's a big personality. He's done it all in the game. No, no way.
0: There's literally zero chance of that, but Terram did say the club did the right thing, um, removing Brignoli. Um, of course. the club did the right thing, so I think Terrem is showing a um show of confidence in the club, and it does kind of point fingers at Brignoli. I know if you read on social media that, especially on X, formerly known as Twitter, um, if you look at that, a lot of people are very angry at the club. Um look, if, if Brignoli has signed with the AIC, which is the rumour, then you know, he can really go jump, really, because they threw a crotida at him. He's been abused by them. Um and then you're gonna do that. Uh you, you know, if there was a punch or increased offer, at least come out and say it or negotiate. It's it, it just doesn't appear that I think he hasn't felt the love for his efforts. I think for from what I'm seeing, you know, getting goalkeeper of the year um last season. Um but him asking for that one mil region would put him in the top like five players at the moment that are at the club, highest paid, and he'd be the oldest well. So Yeah. These are things to look at. He's had a bit of a dip in form over the last month or two, as we saw it in Europe, where really clumsy mistakes, especially from set pieces. The Atromitos game as well where horrendous keeping um, that game. So and from there, that's why he's been dropped completely. Um, Lodigan has come in and fair effort. Lottigan's done yeah. good um he hasn't,
2: cool
0: he hasn't really conceded really a crap goal and the the penalty that levo garcia hit was a rocker and Lottigan Lottigan he was just under it yeah Lottigan picked it just the pace beat Lottigan. and you can't really fault like if he saved that that would have been a miracle save so um look what are your thoughts on the whole Brignoli saga because my 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 opinion is clear um where i stand I, he can he can really jump i'm trying to keep it pg rated but he can really jump um yeah especially if he signs for a rival club i call him course there's there's no love from me there's absolutely zero and
1: he can jump if, if he signs for for a rival club as you said absolutely let, let, let's wait and see where he lands if he goes abroad okay whatever good luck and we're not you're just another player it's a shame. It's a shame because for two and a half years there, for two years especially, so many highlights and great moments. It's a shame it's ending like this. It really is. We've got to back the club on it. I think the right decision has been made to remove him, especially if he's been a bad influence in the dressing room, which we don't really know. No one really shed any light into that. Um, the only thing I'm going to criticise the club on in all this, and it's an Alafuzos thing, of course it is, more, more than anything, these contract talks, these extensions should have taken place this time last year. And if mm-hmm. it was done and signed, still delivered back then, we don't have this problem now, but how can we, when there was no technical director? So that, that sums us up as a club, I guess. Uh, shocking uh, by a lot there, but other than that, 1 million euro for a goalkeeper in Greece, the guy's delusional. Aik uh, and Olympiakos pay their goalkeepers in the 700, 750 region. And we will prepared to go there for Brignoli, which is double, more than double, sorry, what he was earning. And it still wasn't enough for him. Mm-hmm. I don't know what else could have been done there.
0: I'm going to jump you, though. Over the summer, there was a lot of talks that were going to open. So there was – there was. Uh, it started in September. Yeah, yeah, there was a lot of conversation. In the summer, though, before the season kicked off, that we're going to be talking with Brignoli about extension. So there was that
1: talk that it will happen. It, it probably at one stage I I reckon we don't know again, but I all of us would have said back then it's it's more than likely that he would have stayed. Uh, the another thing was as soon as Jovanovic left Boxing Day, all of us w- would have said, "Yeah, okay, he's probably leaning towards an exit now." Yeah, well,
0: he's tripling his wages. Is it worth it? He's thirty two at the moment.
1: No, 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 no way.
0: If you he'll be a two year contract. What? the offer would have been 33 34 going on to 35 1 million goalkeeper where in that last month yeah he's he's had a pretty good season but he's showing those glimpses and that's what you're getting remembered for your european um showing and just what's fresh in memory what happened at otromitos where completely misjudged the ball where it just came out left the goal completely open for an easy tap-in. And it's like, this is a professional keeper. And he did howlers against the ends. He did howler against the
1: Villarreal. So... It's a shame. Well, you you look at the Uzi back then when he knew himself, the writing was on the wall and he was going, the way he carried himself right until the end, not, like a model pro.
2: That's different. You can't compare. I don't think you can compare character of Greek and foreign players. That's
1: that's that's the nail on the head right there. It's exactly that.
2: Doesn't matter how long, how long, how attached a foreign player is. There's, in most cases, they they don't get it. It's different for them.
1: Yeah,
0: professionalism. it, It there's it should you know should still be there across. Which uh, which? Uh, you know, whatever nationality the player is, it, but, it, it,
2: it he, should. buy from Artis, so he simple.
0: wasn't even a fun of an boy. But he was a professional. Mm-hmm. He was on the outer, and he knew it. He was. They were constantly fighting for position, but Brignoli obviously <laughs> won it over. But you never, the this never undermined the club. He, he just. Yeah, but it.
2: even as even as an artist boy, the this like think about it. Let's say he was an artist fan back in the day, too. He probably grew up watching Addis yeah. get to the final of the cup in 2010 and seeing that Panathinaikos team that won the double. He knows he, the size. So of the club, he, yeah. He, yeah, like, you, you make that move, you you know where you're at. You know how you need to behave. Uh, even if Brignoli knew about Panathinaikos while he was in Italy or whatever, like, it's... They don't have the same understanding, the same you know adiluxy of the of the club yeah. and its size Spot and its importance. On. Spot on. Do you? But think... also, okay, I ahead. just because we especially because we don't know what happened when, um, like was the dip in form due to contract not going the way it was going and him being distracted or not caring or was there. Uh, you know whatever you you put 50 consecutive games in a row you're bound to hit a bad run so was it a bad bad run and then him getting dropped was what turned him away from the club y- you know you need we don't know what happened to make sense out of the whole situation unfortunately what i
1: heard is well not not sure if it's true maybe you guys know he got a new manager during all this when you get a new manager you're you're leaving the club Exactly. If that's the case, yeah, I agree. Exactly. He, he's done. It's all deliberate to negotiate some, some something somewhere else. I just, I, I wouldn't shock me if he ends up at Olympiacos. Right? I really hope not. Then I'd be livid if he did. Go back to Italy. Go to chase the money. Middle East. Just don't end up at Olympiacos. Right?
0: What would be the sentiment as of those same fans that were praising him if he does end up at one of those two rival clubs? Exactly. And, you know, (laughs) and the silly season has started as well with the, you know, Varkas being uh, linked to us. Um, So, which, you know, I I don't think it's a really bad replacement at all. Um, He's in at Utrecht. He's been team of the week twice. So 29, Mm. younger
1: experienced as all played across Europe. We we probably do have to sign someone this window, don't we? A keeper. I don't look, dig in fine keeper. We we said it before the, the eight game, even the, the first goal, not really much he could have done there to, to deny Garcia the first goal but all it takes now, if he goes down one injury, then what?
0: Well, I've got a couple of things I want to get across. So question one is by doubling his wages, did we lowball him? Do you think it was an acceptable offer or should we
1: have gone higher? What where the 700? Yeah, where do you stand on that? No, well, that's more than double. It's that, That's about right. You look at what our, our rival clubs are paying their keepers, then we've done what what we had to.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so.
0: And even 700, go to 800, 800, 850 max. Um, but... Well, here's another here's another food for thought. Lodigan renewed his contract seamless. So, yeah. it seemed like a seamless <laughs> um item where Lodigan was essentially a backup. He's obviously trying to push. He's been fairly professional and he got a contract renewal and now he's the starting keeper, so that's that's a bit of food for thought as well. Yeah, got job. yeah. Got the contract, no issues, no, no hiccups. So,
2: Lodigan is also a year older than Brignoli.
1: If you remember back then, with, with Lodigin, he could have ended up playing for for the ethnic. Group. He he's part part Greek. I don't know what 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 it is exactly quarter, half, whatever it is, something like that. He ended up choosing Russia instead, but back then, mm-hmm. but he he was close to a quarter. Yeah,
0: and he's in his quality showing, he's he's been yeah. at course, he's been at Zenny. so he's, yeah, he's been like you know he's been playing at a high level, um, definitely higher than what Brignoli has. Was Brignoli's history is what? Well said being us, it hasn't really. Unless he it was like a youth keeper somewhere, but
1: <sighs> well, we we picked him up from their second division.
2: Yeah, correct. And employee. And employee.
1: Yeah. yeah. So we'll, we'll see. My my concern is now is if if the digging goes down, then might we so we probably do have to get a goalkeeper in this window.
0: He was, yeah, he's been around like the like the low league clubs. He was at Juventus as well. Never played a game at Juventus, but yeah, he's just been like a Serie B player essentially. He's been on loan, you know, quite a few years from when he was at Juventus, all all league clubs. Sampdoria, I think, I don't know if they were in Serie A then, one game only. So if you look at his he historically, he hasn't really been a, a starting keeper, except for before Juventus he was, with the Ternana, which I assume was his Serie B, Um, apart from when he went to Palermo after Juventus. So, you know, different pedigrees of those two players
1: Yep. So um, final word on Bignoli. One word, as I said, shame. Prima. We we had good memories with him. He he came up Trumps in big moments, and he's ruined his own legacy now. Hopefully he doesn't live to regret this like other past players
2: have. Mito. Um I don't know. I mean, there's part of me that wants to just say good luck, wish him the best, but you know, if he goes to Ico or Olympiacos, then that's a different story. So, right,
1: if he we'll goes there, go... he has to cop it. Yeah.
2: For me, 89
0: games for the club. It's a shame that you know, he he's a very good shot stopper. Um very good shot stopper. Um probably weakness a bit in the air set pieces um but yeah it, it's left a really sour taste in my my mouth with what has happened um cuz if if he really wanted to stay at the club he would have made that demand to stay at the club so he's obviously thinking him and his agent are trying to get whatever money that they can get so um he'll go to the highest bidder um We'll see where he ends up. Uh, we'll find that pretty soon. So, obviously, a lot of the noise came before the Ike Derby, um, which was kind of expected, where the Brignoli talked about the actual lead up to the um team. But yeah.
2: And that was the first game he was left out of the squad completely.
0: Correct. Correct. Which was the big shock as well. Now, in hindsight, I think if Terum's calling him, and he's coming in from that from that viewpoint. Then you're gonna have to back what the club is doing.
2: Yeah.
0: All right, let's move on to the next part: transfers, um, transfers, contract renewals. Um, Akaiden um, has signed on loan from Fernabache. Um, the defender that we've been pretty much crying out for, uh very thin um in the defense. Um he comes from Fernabache. He's got four caps from with Turkey and that started from uh twenty twenty two. So he's not obviously gonna be a bad player. Um he, he hasn't really played at big clubs prior to Fernabache. He did join Fernabache in twenty twenty
1: three. Um so he's really only been
0: what twenty seven games for the club? One so. year,
1: one, one see I think January last year he signed with something with him.
0: Yeah, um, so you know he'd be what semi decent twenty seven games, four caps. Um, he comes in at you know as a big solid boy. Um, what six foot three? So mm-hmm. kind of that Magnuson presence. So he's a big boy. Um. He's a big boy, so he's on loan until the end of the season
1: with, I think, what, rumoured a day, four million euro? No, no, no. no option. No, no. No Straight loan. Straight, straight loan. Okay. Straight loan. Just putting this out there, would him and Aral not know each other quite well? Um, Maybe. They he... would have played half a season together. Six months, so... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Is that's... that I'm, – I'm just putting it out. Maybe not. Maybe not, not the case at all. Is that a potential centre-back combo? Hopefully not because I want to see Adal at six, but they're just putting it out there.
0: No, I I I think that's going to free up Adal to go into the defensive it,
1: Hopefully, yeah.
0: We're pretty it,
1: weak there at the moment. Even with, with this new signing, okay, Dean, I, I hope he's the, the Palmer Brown replacement. I hope we can land this Brazilian – who can come in and be be the Magnuson. Oh,
0: I, mm. I got my reservations about this Brazilian. Really? Yeah, he hasn't played oh. much. He's 32, 33. I'm just not keen on him. I'm not yeah, I'm, keen... I'm more keen on him than Akeiddin. I'm not keen on him at all. So at least AKDI's got a bit of pedigree um about him. Um you know like I said in, international um, Turkish international four caps. You know, in the last year and a half or two years that he's been doing, reg, you know, was playing for Fenerbahce. Um, if you look at his game stats, they're not too bad. Well, Vito Hugo, it comes with a bit of pedigree. He Did play what in Fiorentina? So I'm just quickly going there. He won played... a league,
1: traps on sport, won, won a protathlima there.
0: Yeah. Um, now he's like at club called Baja, so kind of, kind of, kind of says where he's at. Um, he, he he only has he, he played for well oh, he was called up in twenty seventeen for Brazil but was an unused sub so yeah. I I don't think I don't think he's the gonna be the player but it looks like we're we're likely to land him with uh, it's a long transfer so usually my theory with um long dragged out transfers in the transfer window is um they don't happen um his name's yeah. dragged quite a bit um be interesting to see if we land him long. Do we need another defender?
1: Yeah, without a doubt. A centre-back all day, all day long. I hope a centre-back is done now ASAP. Then we can focus the last week or two of the window, trying to strengthen higher up, further up the pitch, as I said earlier, whether it be a 10 or an 8.
0: I'd be looking at a 10 personally. Um but the thing is,
1: now's not the window
0: to start making long term plans. It's like pretty much the your gap
1: fillers. maybe no, yeah, so it's stop gaps. There's it's more than likely someone that's older again. It's adding someone old to an already old squad.
0: <laughs> we already have one of the oldest, if not the oldest squad in the league. So um what do you think, Mito?
2: Um, I know I think it's gonna be another Another center back and then a goalie if we're ranking priorities. I think that's what the looks are gonna be. Or at the very least, a goalie and a midfielder kind of in the same in the same breath. But definitely a center back is gonna happen. Another one. Um, whether it's that Brazilian or if it's someone else, but <clears throat> it looks like there's gonna be probably another center back. And then after that we'll see.
0: Yeah, I definitely think a a goalkeeper now will be signed. I don't think we can rely on Xenopoulos to be that backup keeper. Exactly, exactly. Uh, I don't see Brignoli making his way unless he does a complete U-turn of his um, Mm stance, which I I can't see happening either. Um, There was all at the start or even at the end of last year um, and the start of the window. There was a lot of talk about a defensive mid, so not too sure if that will still be on the cards. I think more our weakness, you are right. Uh, maybe an 8, maybe a 10, somewhere, maybe a hybrid between the two, so um but nothing, we haven't been linked with uh, the, the name Aduzun, uh, the Mexican um his name came up again but apparently we linked with him last year so <sighs> it's one of those things that won't happen yeah but...
2: because we have we have the options in the holding midfield put that six you know even Perez, Zeka. in Zeka, worst chokai teams. chokai uh, cherin can play there vilena more capable of playing there Arau should be playing there assuming we fill in the gaps at center back mm. evidently got can play there <laughs> um, <laughs> so i think i think it's going to be someone that might be able to connect with the various combinations across that attacking midfield line so someone that can play in any variety of combination between you know whether it's Juditits Bernard Mancini, Verbitz, like whoever are the two other people playing, um, they're going to be there to fill in that gap. And I think it might be closer to like that Bernard Juditits hybrid, where it's a winger slash number ten.
0: Yeah, I think a lot kind of depend on what happens as well after the Olympiacos game. What kind of transfer we will go for? I think sure. Is- where We go, we saw Limnios as well get his. First yeah, first. I don't recall him passing the ball. If anything, I remember on the offside, but I don't recall him doing much on the ball.
1: Uh, just got to be patient
0: there.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was his debut. Yeah,
0: but there's talks that um, Vianidis is re signing a contract, which is. Oh. Uh,
1: I hope
0: so. News. Um and we'll see how those contract talks obviously go. So he obviously loves the club. He did obviously leave went to Italy and came back, but um loves the club him and his brother. So we'll see how those contract talks go. Um but everything's pointing towards a positive talk there. Um he deserves it, he's he's a star. He'll be the Greek right back um for the future. So this is definitely um, that's definitely one to look out for. We'll hope that gets done um pretty quick. Uh, these stocks will rise. Um, so what other transfers are, are you hearing? Do you think there
1: hasn't been a lot? Nothing. One I've I've heard in recent days, but I'm not. It's probably not even. I'll mention it's not not worth spending a great deal of time on because it's definitely not happening just lazy journalism is pelkas the link there is just lazy journalism it's the guy that got the rim to Panathanaik The the guy that does the survivor uh, uh, he owns whole mm. City and that that's the link there where are is club that, that, that's all it is
2: yeah
0: uh, that's that's the first I've read of it but it might make a bit more sense um yeah, the the project is to make Panathinaikos more Greek funny enough that we, we get took issue I'd
1: be shocked. I'd be shocked if we got him. With Limnios, uh, I had a gut feel we, we could get that done, but Belkas would be a shock. I
2: think he's uh, with Limnios, I feel like that was very quick, especially if, you know, by the standards of, of Greek transfers. It I don't I barely remember any, you know. Rumors happening before we signed him. It, that one seems. Uh, that was bubbling continue. on for a
1: while. That they were talking. Really? Yeah, for a while.
0: But uh, apparently that was organized. Apparently, yeah. Yeah, that's what the the talks are. But um, yeah, got done straight away. So there was just those late rumors that him he's gonna go to bulk or bulk will try and bring him back in. But we were we really had that agreement in place.
2: Hmm.
1: All right. It's crazy, isn't it? That we've got a we've made two signings and we're talking about the need to sign another center back and another goalkeeper urgently, and then something to just freshen us up in the attacking side of things. That's a total of five signings in January, which is crazy. It it all the chaos that's going on, yet we're still equal first in the league in mid-January as well. C- crazy. And well, that's the
2: thing. When, when you look at Oliberkos who's struggling right now, like, going through a much okay. rougher patch than we are, they're talking about the same thing, that, like, needing to do five transfers now, but it's... Even that level seems different. Like, we're trying to, like, plug a couple holes, yeah, issues because of injuries and what have you, and on the other hand, Olympiacos needs five transfers to just to put in five new starters. Like a half a lineup.
0: But we're the club that's... In chaos, where the you know... exactly so that's that's the funny thing. The media talks, yeah, our own media talks like we're the club in crisis and we're equal first, but we need we need to total the five signings. So, um yeah, are we punching with the squad or are we actually as good as
1: you know? Oh, time will tell. That that's why these this cup game's good. Good for us. It's another game under the belt with a new coach to to get our ideas across and. Keep learning and keep growing, and hopefully, we're within touching distance come playoffs, and we're ready to go all guns blazing in those playoffs.
0: Yeah, what I do want to touch on before we go into the next topic. Um, in the last podcast that me, you, and Panatha fan were on, we we're blasting, I was blasting the way the club handled, um, Yova the question marks about Terim. We obviously have question marks, but uh, uh, Terim's actually winning me over. Um, yeah. I think, and I know a lot of people are not going to be happy with this, but he is the superior coach to Jova. Um And I'll explain why, because he makes adjustments when they're required.
2: He, proactive. Yeah.
0: He pulls the trigger.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And he adjusts the game plan. Um, sort against course, the change of formation, um, the subs, while Jova is stick to plan A. Plan A is going to work up until it doesn't. Um, even if he goes down 1-0, he'll continue with plan A until about that 70th minute or we concede that second goal. And then Jova tries to adjust. But Terim, he makes adjustments as soon as he sees something's not working. Um, mm. We saw it against uh, saw it against um, Olympiacos, and we also saw it in the previous game against
1: Panathinaikos.
2: Um, um,
0: yes, he second made, striker. Yeah, he made the adjustments, and it just it paid off straight away. So he he makes the necessary calls then and there, um, and the and the team responds to those tactical changes, and they they've come off um so he, it's something that he deserves full praise of and why he's probably winning me over uh, over the yova um management style because
1: yeah that's a good point
0: he he's making those those calls and it's coming off um obviously yova was a special part of the club but um he's no longer at the club he hasn't been at the club now for a good 3 weeks we need to back terium um we're getting a few more injuries with terium so and you know other is the squad conditioned enough are they training hard is it just unlucky injuries and knocks that we're copying um wait and see but um overall the the playing style is better um i think and the adjustments is better there's a lot more purpose because almeida would always um outclass uh, Terram.
1: Yeah, I remember.
0: In the past, we saw it at the start of the we saw it at the start of the season where we got the early goal but just Ike was just dominating us and then we fell behind and it was coming and it was coming. We fell behind, Ike made the subs to lock the game. We tried making subs and then by then Ike could Ike just in lockdown mode and we just did nothing so... Was just another Almeida tactical class against Um Yova, so you know, good, good to see Terems getting most out of the boys. What you know, Yova did get a lot out of the current squad, so it's good to see that that continuation is happening, but also making those necessary adjustments.
1: Still a very small sample size, so we'll see if he's going to be. Go down the Jovica path of being a love figure for for the club. Early signs are pointing to it. Can't can't knock him f- for anything really. He just has to continue it. As you said, it's not only the subs. You, it's what you also said that the overall playing style he's gone and taken what Jovanovic had and taken it to a whole new stratosphere. With, with with the with the attacking and nature and control and playing on the front forward and pressing and the energy that comes with it. And that's what. We're seeing maybe with these injuries as well that they, they're not used to going this hard, the players. Maybe that's playing a role. but We'll see. It, 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 my initial worry was, can he coach at age 70? He's more than answered that already. My next question now is, can he beat the system, this bloody corrupt system that, that we've already spoken about, with next to no resources compared to the, the rival clubs? I think he's going to get
0: judged, especially on the this cup game and the bulk away game. I think that's his judgment coming up where where we stand.
1: Yeah. And that takes us through to the end of the month, I'd imagine. Yeah. And if we can see, imagine if we're sitting first and progress in the cup to the next stage, well, we're going to be sitting his same.
0: Oh, exactly. And the fans return as well. So we'll let's see their reaction as well. Um. Let's all see.
1: to play for.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's move on. Mito. Mito joins us. He's currently in Greece studying, living it up, um, growing the beard. What else? What else? Um you've been to a few basketball games. You've sat in Tira de Catria. Tell us
2: your experience of it all. Well, so that was I went against uh, Monaco. It was my first time at a basketball game, got another one. Another thing off the bucket list, um, first time at, uh, you know, the Cristo at Oaxaca, uh, first time at a basketball game, um, it was a good game. I mean, it was, it was tight from the beginning a little bit. There was definitely some worries, a couple spells where Monaco had good runs, but I mean, we built up a distance, especially in the first half or the first quarter with there was like a bunch of threes coming one after the other. So we built up a good lead. And then after that, it just kind of, it rolled on. I mean, they had their chance, their moments, um, but overall we, I don't don't think we, they got closer than like, I don't know, five, seven points at their closest and we ended up winning by 25. Um, And you could tell the team was playing well, you know, the threes were going in, uh, le, what's his name? Lesot, the French guy. Yep. He was crushing it, um, being very clinical. Um, Nunn also playing very well. Costas uh, Adedacubo coming in a little bit. Um, you know, his game on the ball needs work, but defensively he was great, getting rebounds, distributing. Slukas, um, Did not play as much as I was expecting him to. I don't know if that was because um, the team was playing well and we didn't need to. And I know he had an injury up until last week, so maybe he was just trying to keep him a little fresh. Um, But he came in, he did a job too. And I mean, overall, it was a great, great experience. The game was sold out. Um, de theater got filled. It was interesting. There were a lot of there were like a couple of families, like a couple of young kids. I'm not talking like, not like teenagers, like nine, eight years old, like a boy and girl with their parents, a lot of girlfriends there, which it was different than Ciro de Catria and, and football um, that I've been to a couple of times. So that was interesting, but it was a great atmosphere. Um, I don't know if you guys saw it. I don't know if it was on TV, but there was that. The halftime, uh, the three point shot from the middle of the court. Um, I heard about it. The guy, yeah, the guy came yeah. down. I saw, I saw him come down before the half ended. Him and his girlfriend, and they got on the court, and he's he, he got it in. Won three thousand euro, and I mean everyone, ev- the whole stadium blew up. It was it was amazing. Um, <laughs> it was great, great to see. Um, I don't remember the player from Monaco, but he got a technical foul, got sent off. That was, that was fun. I mean, we were winning by quite a lot, but you know, he got sent into the the locker room. So we had the whole stadium. And even the, I was in, it was interesting, even though like people sitting courtside were getting into, into the chants and the uh, yelling, especially towards the end of the game. Um, which was interesting to see. Like, you know, sometimes there's that idea that people sitting courtside aren't real fans or aren't as passionate, whatever you want to say, but you could see they were getting into it too. It was it was great. Um, but yeah, overall, I mean, we were in Fira de Catria. If you see the, the banner right there where it says Gate 13, my cousin and I are right above the 1 and the 13. So we were right there. The front row, um, the view was great, right behind the basket, and yeah. And I got my tickets last night for Monday's game against Olympiacos. I was waiting for an hour, and luckily we we're able to find tickets. And yeah, so we're going to a. I haven't been to a derby yet. That's the in either football or basketball. So getting that off the bucket list as well which is going to be exciting um i it's evidently sold out so it should be a great atmosphere um so we're looking forward to that but well oh, and oraka inside beautiful i haven't been before but like it it's very nicely done the banners and like the the whole infrastructure you know the small things like the the store and uh the food, all that stuff around it it looks nice. And it's it's nice to see that at least in basketball, we're doing something right off the field as well. My question, what
0: is there what's the sentiment like regarding the football in terms of the locked stadiums? Is there much discussion there? No N-
2: Oddly oddly enough, no. People are just kind of like, yeah, it is like I feel like everyone's especially here, used to it, where once every two years, there's a lockdown, if not for everybody, at least for one of the big teams. So everyone just kind of going along with it. It, You know, if anything, it's discussed in terms of um, how it affects the game and how certain teams might respond accordingly. But other than that, and the whole conversation about Apparently, if stadiums don't have cameras installed, they're not going to be allowed to have fans. So, you know, there's the ongoing joke that, you know, that like uh, Yanina and Pancaraicos and La Mia are obviously going to have stadiums, uh, cameras in their stadiums come (laughs) come February. So there's that. So we'll see. But no one's really like talking about it from like the fan perspective, like you say, Sterling.
0: Yeah, because I think what big part of the issue that camera talk was the cameras, Mister Krotida, you know, when also that's an interesting point that you know, um, and it is the right thing that cameras, it's becoming a bit like a big brother. But when you when you got fans acting like Zoa, um, going to have to take those measures. You know, uh, Yanakopoulos did say DPG did say um he supported the decision when the government decided to ban. The fans, um, from attending, he supported that decision because he's obviously against the the trouble, the via the hooligan, the hooliganism element. Mm. Um, so whether the Greek fans learn their lesson, very unlikely. History is just going to repeat itself, over and over. Um, bad cause bad decisions. And lucky, lucky <laughs> there there is closed doors because. You know, Olympia cause getting done by some really bad cause or oh, the- imagine. Yeah, but there's other games where the calls are correct, but their their guys are just blowing up in the media. They, they, they don't help the situation either. Um, you've got they mm-hmm. there just being the ass clown that he is, just making making like an idiot of himself on TV. Um I probably- mean that's
2: why he gets the big bucks. <laughs> he
0: came out. That's- he came up and said he could have played for Barcelona if he never fell off his bike. So, um, but no, the well, the, the alleged the alleged reason why he's at Olympiacos is because it's become political um, between Marinakis and uh, Mito So, obviously, he's been brought in more for a political aspect. So, we'll see how that mm-hmm. pans out. Um, but yeah, no, it's great to hear you just living it up. You know, living the dream that many wish that they can. Um, very few get to get to experience that. So, uh we expect obviously videos, um, when possible because during the game yes. we we they don't um like it. Photos, just yeah,
2: just the whole. But, uh, I mean, with regards to basketball, I bro- the whole fan base seems excited i mean we've been playing well obviously and there's certainly a lot more games to play before we get into the playoffs but it's it's exciting It it's reminding me of when i when i was living here in greece when i was younger and that was that like five year stretch we won the three euro leagues um and i was i was here um and it's kind of reminding me of that you know that like excitement that Going into the feeling, going into the game feeling you're going to win no matter who you're playing, which is something, I think part of the basketball club that's just been missing a little bit. So it's good to see it back. Um, yeah, I mean, that it, it was nice. It was a nice experience. It was nice seeing everything that way. Um, definitely different than football in many respects, but, you know, it's exciting. Well, since you've talked
0: about basketball let's go into basketball so um we'll talk just mainly talk about euroleague because the greek league is just obviously we got the derby against olympiakos um mm-hmm. at home but um we've had two euroleague games um and a dulu fs um we beat at home by i think 7 8 um we're blowing them out um as so, all but that third quarter really, um, really let us down. We allowed them into the game when we were up by big. I think what was it like seventeen or twenty or something at one point, and just let them come back into the match. So, um, few concerns there about that. And then Monaco absolutely blew them apart. Um, you know, Jerry <laughs> seems to be a huge fan favorite, and we have signed him for I think two three years, and he's a, he's a gun player, so. When we, when Pernikos announced him, I was super excited because um, he played for Chicago Bulls, so um, did to like that, that he was there? Um, I kind of remembered him at the Bulls, so obviously not a star player, but yeah, to, to be playing in the NBA for a few clubs, you know, you, you're pretty good, and he was the, you know, the Europa League equivalent, the Euro Cup, the Champions League in basketball, player of the tournament, so he does have that pedigree, um, and he's just really knocking down players. He did that big defensive play for, uh, against Mike James that sent Mike James crying on Twitter, um, always crying on Twitter, but, um, but yeah, getting really mocked, especially from by Petrelli, um, <laughs> one of my favorites, uh, um,
2: that that block on Mike James. It that the stadium blew up on that one. That one, it was. I think it was a bigger reaction than any other three points, any other three point shots that went in earlier in the game. That block, it, it sent the whole stadium on their feet. It was probably one of the highlights for me, like as the stadium experience. That yeah. block on Mike James.
0: So Petrelis is a big Bart Nichols fan. He does follow me on um X also known as Twitter, so ah, yeah. he follows me on X. <laughs> we've, actually, a we've actually shared a direct message as well, that. um that's no lie. So that uh, shout out to Thano Petrelli. Um, but yeah, um, yeah, cosa sentito cumbo as has been. Has really improved. He's really improved. If you look at his performances, um, he's becoming a good defender, really good defender, especially will be like a very good defender for the Greek league, and he's that solid backup in the um, in the Euro League. Um, there was just yeah, obviously Vildoza is injured. He's out for a month or two, um, but uh, I read somewhere. He got into a bit of, um, trouble in a court case with Basconia, where the, yeah, there was something last night that I read that, um, he lost the court case and he's ordered to pay Basconia 1 million euros. So, um, don't, don't know the context towards that, but, um, it is something that I did read, read from one of those basketball journalists online, um, there are some b- big matches that's coming up in the Euroleague as also um, prior to the course game, we do have uh, a big game against Partizan at home. Um, they're sitting in ninth, but there's only what th- two wins that separates us from them. Um, we're sitting in fourth, one game behind. Um, third, we can we can overtake Bologna provided provided everything goes all right. Um so interesting interesting times for us um yeah we should be favourite and we should come away with but um can't you can't really um write off uh Partizan especially with um Zort's there um Panta, who's probably considered in the league shooter for the Euroleague um mm-hmm. the the positive news is Papa Petro is um close to coming back um, earlier than expected, which is the big news out of the the Greek basketball team the Panthecos team there so um that's a that's a big positive for us as well um but it did seem like while well, Vidoza's out um the Polish center bowski is injured as well so um remains to be seen if we'll bring in a player um to address that um so we'll be yeah be interesting. Yeah, I mean it
2: seems it seems Ataman has at least been saying that we're not going really for any players now. Um I mean we'll see how that goes, but I don't know. I especially with the injured players slowly coming back into the fold. I don't know if you know we need to make any drastic moves. It seems like everyone's uh been gelling together and playing well. we'll we'll see there's a lot
0: of speculation that dorsey has signed for next season or has secretly agreed to join us next season did read that speculation um But yeah once again there's like like a lot of things it just remains to be seen um in regards to that yeah all right i
2: think i
0: think I'm out of topics. Does anyone want to finish up with anything, anything they want to discuss before we wrap it up?
1: I think we covered everything. <laughs> it was a lot. There's was a lot to and get. Then, and there's going to be a lot from now until May. There's, it's going to be like this.
0: Yeah. Even the next podcast will still probably be, will be big. because It'll be bigger than this the boys will be covering obviously the Olympiacos game. They'll be previewing the ball game. Obviously any transfers, the Brignoli saga, um whether it's up to it will be addressed there. Um but, you know we'll we'll be tweeting on it. We'll be um retweeting on it as well. So um yeah, interesting, interesting times. Um especially football football department seems to be a chaos at the moment and we're right in the middle of it, so like we're equal first, but it seems like it's all doom and gloom from where we're we're sitting. So um, I don't think the the Bignoli news is doom and gloom. Um, we can
1: move on. Not like the Yovano Vitro at the time. We we were shattered back then. Remember that hurt that. that I, th- I don't think this c- comes anywhere near as close.
0: Well, and the thing is, the the situation can be forgotten and moved on depending on these next few games. Especially we get into February and we're sitting first and we're
1: still in the cup. I think the sentiment changes. And as you said, fans will be back by then. Yeah and we've got another derby in the league against Olympia at around that time. I think it's the first week of February.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We'll see when the ban ends. I think the ban ends like on the tenth or the twelfth. Just so.
1: after that, yeah. <laughs>
0: So, yeah, um just yeah, like I said, the next the next few weeks really, really is shaping up our season,
1: transfers, uh, matches uh,
0: yeah,
1: and in the basketball, I mean I don't I'm I don't follow it like like I do with the football slash soccer side of things, but uh, imagine I run to the final four and beyond. <laughs>
0: Very likely that that is a very likely case, and it is one of my predictions. I said at the start of the bus school season that we'll make it to final four. Um, I still believe we're there, we're you know, fourth at the moment. We've beaten Bologna um before, so Real Madrid is obviously the standout team,
2: yeah. If that happens. God willing, Proto-Theos, I'm gonna be heading to Berlin in May.
1: Imagine. We'll see. That that would top any atmosphere. That 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 would even. I remember we spoke when when you and I were on the atmosphere sixty five thousand, whatever it was for Villarreal in the Europa League game. Yeah, it would match or even surpass that. The
2: final four would be.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, good, I think. Uh, Mito, do you want to add anything before we wrap it up? Special No, game? I'm just...
2: Um, Yeah, it's just been tricky with the time differences, but, you know, whenever it, it works out and I can join either with you guys or with the Americans, you know, it's always a pain trying to play around with time zones, but I'm happy to whenever we can work it out. So looking forward to the next pod, I can jump in.
0: Yeah, definitely, definitely. We'll give you a shout as well, for sure. You're always a great addition, and it's always great to hear your stories. And the next one you join in, you can tell us about the Olympiakos game from a live fan perspective. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much, gents. Great podcast. Um, everyone else, thank you for listening. Share with your friends, family. Just reply to us. Give us your thoughts, feedback. Um, uh, give us your opinions. You know, any anyone that obviously wants to be as a special guest anything like that you know just reach out to us um we'll have you on as all but thanks thanks boys great chat thank you boys and stopping
1: what did we get that was a now uh